by using Zoom and YouTube. And so many people are able to watch. It's just absolutely amazing. And we are live. Welcome, everybody. I am so glad that, that you guys showed up here today. I know that it's so beautiful outside that if we weren't doing a podcast, I'd probably be out flying right now. Let's take a look in the super chat. We got John Wayne. What's up? Said, uh, hey, guys, just landed. Be back in a minute. Great. Travis is here. Hey, Bill. Hey, John Wayne. What's up? Jim from uh, Care PPG Simard. Uh, Did I say that right, Jim? Very well done. Thank you. I did it right. Woohoo. We got PPG, the other Nick, uh, Bill H., uh, Joshua Marsh, and uh, we are getting ready to rock and roll. So, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is going to be an awesome, awesome podcast. We got an awesome guest, but right before we introduce our amazing guest, let's go and say hi to everybody on the panel so you know who's here. Uh, as always, we have Linda Anderson. She's our cheerleader with their pom poms. You know, one of these hi, days, everybody. one of these days, we're all going to have to have pom poms and just cheer with Linda. I know. One of these know. days. One of these days, we are. I would be so excited. Well, welcome. welcome everybody. Glad that you could make it. Thank you. I love Mondays. You know me. I'm always like Monday nights. I'm always ready, ready for the show and everything. And um, welcome my chatters. We love your punches. Could do it without you, my viewers, everybody. Thank you so much. Every Monday, this is our night to hang out. And I love you. And uh, don't forget on Thursday night, paraglidingtalk.com with my son, Robert Michaels. He's my favorite paraglider ever. And uh, yeah, be sure to check his show on Thursday. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. And if you want to be on our show, of course, Linda is our PR girl. So all you have to do is go to paramomusa.com. It forwards over to her Facebook page. Just uh, PM her and say, yo, I want to be on PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, clearproptv.com paratalk.org. If you don't know who I am, I am Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. I don't think I ever introduced myself. I just assume people know who I am, but I need to stop assuming. I think that's uh, a bad thing, right? Assuming. We also got uh, Will Fly from willflyppg.com. What's up, Will? Hey, I'm still recovering from bad apples, but uh, I'm looking for, I've been flown since then because the weather has been bad, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back in the sky. Absolutely. So you're going to be uh, taking all of the questions from the super chat, letting us know who's asking questions, right? You bet. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate you, Will. We also got Jim from Canada, eh? The only guy I know that has maple syrup smelling money. What's up, Jim? Doing well, doing well. Just got back from a fly-in. Pretty stoked. That's awesome. And you also been taking care of us on all the stickers and all the uh, printing things that you guys that that you do for us and uh, if we want anything done anybody can get up with you at carepp.com correct that is correct if they want to see your flying shenanigans they go carepg.com right and of course we always ask you what are you up to how many flights do you have now oh man i got i got a ton of flights this weekend and I haven't had but a moment to calculate it all out. Okay. It's gonna be like 130, I'm sure. Wow. All right, that's awesome. Now, guys, it's not about me. It's not about the people on the panel here. It's about our guest tonight. Uh, 
you you probably know Jason, but you probably don't know him as Jason. Jason Gutrith. Uh, who who's this guy, right? But I bet you anything. If I say is Fly Guy Fly Guy Alberta, right? Fly Guy Alberta. You know who he is. Welcome to the show, Jason. I'm so happy that you made it here. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. You know, I, I told you before the show that you know there's a couple of people that I saw on YouTube and heard about. You are one of them as far as far as like the five main people that I saw or heard about when I first got into paramoting, you are one of the guys. And uh, the video of the uh, top 10 reasons for not being a paramotor pilot or, or what, was, what was the name of that? Do you remember what yeah, that was? That's what it was. Top 10 reasons not to become a pilot. Not to be a pilot. And uh, that was absolutely amazing. All of your information is down below. So if you guys want to learn more about Jason, all the links are down below. But Jason, welcome to the show. So glad that you made it here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into paramotoring? Yeah, sure. Well, again, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, my story, I would say, is not much different than most. I, um, I've kind of always been an aviation buff uh, as a kid um, and always had a dream of being, I really I wanted to be an airline pilot back when I was a kid and um, started getting into flying into, in my early teens. Uh, up here in Canada, we have what's called air cadets, where um, you just can go and start to learn about ground school and flying. You start to fly gliders and that sort of stuff. <clears throat> and I was trying to work my way to be uh, just my private pilot's license. And then um, life got in the way, you know, for you start getting jobs and then you get married and you have kids and the, the years speed by. And, you know, I never lost that want to, you know, get up and do some flying again. And once our kids got to an age, my wife was like, hey, you know, you always said you wanted to go fly. So why don't you get your private pilot's license? Like, just go and do it. Right. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm doing that. And so then, you know, you start doing the research on costs and, you know, logistics of what, you know, after you get your license, what does that look like? Are you going to buy a plane? Are you going to rent a plane and the expenses associated to it? And at right about that same time, uh, ironically, I was watching the news one day and I see these two paramotors flying over, I think it was like uh, they were uh, broadcasting on a, some flood disaster that had happened somewhere in the States. And these two guys were flying over this thing, looking at this. And I'm like, what is that cool thing? And so I just kind of went down the rabbit hole of uh, Google and YouTube and started watching the videos and learning about it. And then I found, uh, you know, a couple of guys that were flying in my area and I stalked them for a while and, and tried to pick their brains about you know, what it's like and what it's, how do you do it? What do you do? And, um, and then there was a school that was about, it was about four hours from where I was living at the time. So I drove up there and I kind of said, Hey, I'm here to get training. Let's start today. And then I never looked back. And then, so yeah, I've been flying for a few years now. And then, you know, I think like you were saying earlier, we kind of, um, it's, it's an addiction. Like you just, it's all you can do, think about all the time. And so. I, as the years went by, I started wanting to share it with people. So I started doing the videos and then uh, I thought, well, why don't I maybe try and help other people get into it and share the passion with other people. So I became an instructor and now I teach people how to do it as much as I can. So it's cool. 
That is so awesome. You've been flying for uh, seven years and teaching between four and five years right now. Uh, tell us a little bit about your school. Uh, give give yourself uh, that that five minute plug on your school real quick. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, so uh, the school is just called Paramotorsports Canada. Uh, we're located kind of in central Alberta, so we're kind of midway between Calgary and Edmonton. There's a little town called Innisfail. Uh, and then we train out of the Innisfail Airport, which is about 10 minutes west of town. And it's just kind of one of those little gem, little airports, you know, it's really nice and quiet. There's lots of grass. Uh, the weather here is pretty good a lot of the times. And um, yeah, so, you know, we, we take on a crew and we, we train and we're flying all summer long. Here we can only train from, you know, like usually beginning of June to about the, around October. And then we shut her down for the winters. And what is the, I mean, how do we get to your school? Is there a website or is it just the Facebook page? Yeah, no, I got a website. It's uh, paramotorsportscanada.ca. And then also on Facebook. And then my Instagram is just Fly Guy Alberta. Awesome. So there's a little bit of difference between us in the United States training and you guys in Canada training. Do you know the difference or you just know what's going on in Canada? Like as far as the training process or the, the legalities? As, as far as the differences between the states and Canada, as far as training, do you know? I, I don't know if you know the differences. I'm, I'm not sure exactly about the differences. Do you know the differences or you just know what you need to do up in Canada? Yeah, like I know the process here. Um, I think as far as, you know, the step-by-step -step getting people into the sky is probably very similar, you know, like, you do all the groundwork, the kiting, simulator work, tandems, you know, all that is part of the training. Um, but of course, up here we have to, have, it's kind of like driving a car. You got to have a license, registration, and insurance. So um, I guess uh, as far as time-wise goes, it's probably very similar. Uh, but we have a few extra steps just administratively where we have to go through Transport Canada. We have to uh, take an exam, get past that, and then we get issued uh, an ultralight pilot's permit that is just restricted to paramotors. Okay. Yeah, we, we did a podcast that, that went into all this, but I just wanted you to, you know, and for the people that didn't hear the yeah. other podcast, it's always good to to hear it from the, the horse's mouth, so to speak. So <laughs> you've been you've been trained for four years, which is really awesome. Um, but before we continue into this, Wills, was there any questions in the chat? Yeah, uh, you got a couple. Nick wants to know, Nick Griffith wants to know what your current go-to wing is. What's your current uh, one? Yeah, um, well, I guess a two-part answer to that. For training, uh, I use the Dudek Nemo. Uh, it's kind of our training wing. It's like pretty solid uh, A-rated glider from the Dudek line. And, you know, like we always said in all the, the chats, is there's no best like there's a lot of good equipment out there now so we're very fortunate for that um but uh dudic nemo is what we train with either that or the universal uh, uh right now I've, I've been flying the dudic solo uh for a little while and it's uh i really like it it's a fun wing it's uh it's um you know, it's just a b-rated uh glider but i really like it so far that's kind of what i'm my wheelhouse at the present moment right on and, and yeah, I have to say, it's, it's a pleasure meeting you. But just like, you know, what Sean was saying, you were one of the first people I started watching. And uh, 
you've got a positive message and some good energy. You're a good ambassador to the sport. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate you. Another question from Tony. He wants to know, do you know a guy named, was it Jerry Delia, the other guy from Canada? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, he's my neighbor. Eh? We just had a Pilsner the other day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I've messaged him online a few times. Uh, and uh, I don't know him personally. We haven't met, um, but I hope to one day. He seems like a pretty cool guy. Right on. I'll save the I'll save that next question for later. Okay, because I was looking at that question. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so you guys, uh, you and Jim are both from Canada, and you guys just got back from flying. Please tell us the fly-in name because this is the first annual, and guys, this is the best fly-in name I've ever heard in my life. So we had the first annual butt fan dust off. Butt fan dust off. Is that like the best flying name you've ever heard of? I, I loved it. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, that is great. That'd be a great shirt. Yeah. yeah. I know. It but, makes me, everything he says, I, I just start smiling. And it's like, it's cool. It's cool. It yeah. Is. So when I was kind of thinking of, uh, of hosting the event, um, um, you know, we, we all see on, on the forums and media, like when springtime rolls around, um, a lot of guys and gals haven't been maybe flying for a little while over the winter time. And um, some, I wanted to try and create a venue where people could come and have the comfort in numbers and, you know, maybe and literally, like literally get some of the dust blown off some of these pieces of equipment that have probably been sitting in the garage for probably too long. And, you know, we could all kind of round table and help each other out and fix stuff if we needed to fix stuff. And, you know, if somebody wasn't comfortable to fly on their own, they could come and, you know, just like I say, have somebody help them if they needed some help and, and have some guide somebody else to fly with for maybe might've been their first time of the, the spring. So. And we accomplished that this weekend. We worked on multiple paramotors. We, ones that, weren't even running. We got them running and the people got up in the air. It was, that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. well, that's a great idea. There's a, there's a super yeah. safety element to that too. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's just, I think recently someone was, there was, there was an, something that happened where someone hadn't flown for a while and uh, their skills were dusty, you know, they're rusty. And so I mean, do you cover that also kind of, do you like pair people up with uh, a wingman or um, any, I don't know where you would go with that or how you would do it, but man, I, after I haven't flown for, for two weeks, I feel rusty. Mm -hmm. So um, instead of flying by myself, it is always, it feels better to fly with someone else, you know? Yeah. yeah and you know, like on, on each day we kind of had little, um, it, it wasn't like lectures. It was like round table conversations. Now, the first day we talked about risk and reward and, um, and specific on that day, it was just like a weather talk where, you know, cause there was, you know, a couple a year or two ago, unfortunately there was a fatality where, uh, a guy, um, died flying his paramotor at this exact time of year. And so we talked about dust devils and we talked about, 
you know, some, what does spring weather look like? And we shared stories and it kind of just brings an awareness kind of to the forefront so that, you know, you start to think about these things. And then the next day, you know, we just had a little round table on maintenance and we just sat there in the shop and we talked about how do you, how do you fix your carb? How do you fix this problem? How, you know, how do you balance a prop? Uh, you know, that sort of stuff was the conversations and it, the knowledge that was, that we could all share was really cool because you know some people have expertise in engines some people can uh you know do bondo work or 3d print something or whatever it was and you know it was really cool so i think there's some value that was shared amongst everybody that was there yeah um bad apples flying they did something that i, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, which is similar i guess to what you're talking about but they had like a carb clinic you know, where you could take your carb and break it down by, you know, someone who knows what they're doing and uh, you kind of work as a team and you're right. You learn a lot doing that and you, you learn what not to do, you know, and some of the guys, you know, they take their carb apart and be like, okay, well, this diaphragm's completely backwards or this gasket's <laughs> the wrong gasket or, <laughs> so, I mean, doing that, you know, if you're doing it with someone who knows what they're doing, you know, then when you do it, that you're doing it right. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we had, uh, you know, like we were talking about, you know, sometimes the skills are a little dusty. So we kind of incorporated, you know, just some really light friendly competitions. You know, we had a beanbag drop, you know, see so you could get closest to the pylon. We had a little cross, cross country kind of poker rally where they had to fly to a, a location and just pick up some playing cards. And then we came back, I played around a poker, spot landing competition, kite wars, you know, just fun stuff. It was good. Yeah. Nice. Did you mention, or did you say how many days this flying was? Uh, it was basically a three day event. So most of the guys showed up late, you know, late Friday. And then it ended just earlier today, this morning. So I think Jim and I were probably a little foggy and were sleep deprived and some late nights around the fire. And, but it was a good weekend. Awesome. And once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know that you probably uh, would rather be sleeping right now and recuperating from it. Um, now, uh, was there any other questions, Will, before I continue, before we continue? No. No, well, what motor do you fly? What's your go-to equipment, basically, I guess? Yeah, I fly the, the Molster 185. I got the MY22, um, and I got it on a Kangoo Gambaruk frame right now. It's a good setup. I got the Molster 185, uh, my 19. What's the difference between the 19 and the 22? Uh, I read some of the stuff. Looks like they just did some engineering improvements. Um, they kind of beefed it up. I think they fixed a little tweaked a few things that I think were breaking, you know, it was the exhaust that they fixed in recent years. I think that's been a huge improvement. I, you know, we were talking about that over the weekend where we haven't really heard a lot of the exhaust problem that the Viterazzi motors had, you know, with, with some of the past um, editions of the motor. So the tweaking that they're doing to it, it seems to be like everybody there has shared the opinion that it's kind of, it's the, the it motor really right now that's good that's good yeah i'd like to uh i like to upgrade mine um i know that with the pandemic it's hard to get things from overseas and uh get motors and get frames and stuff so 
I guess I'll just wait another year. Um, every, I, I do my hundred hour maintenance and I, I do my 200 hour maintenance where I change out the head and stuff too. When you, how long do you keep a, a motor? I keep mine for a long time. I mean, I just, just take care of it. It works great for a very long time. Um, how, how long do you keep the motor for you personally? Well, I'm kind of spoiled because since I've kind of run the school, I get new motors all the time. And so I, I'm pretty much always flying a new motor. Um, usually like I'll maybe get, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 hours on each one. And then, cause everything I have is for sale, right? Everything's for sale for the right place. Right. And so, um, uh, I usually sell it and like, I'll have a kind of a batch of school motors, uh, that we'll use. And then I sell all those in the fall and then I just get a whole new, new set of motors in the spring. So I'm very fortunate in that regard. So. All right. I'm officially jelly. Yes, I am. I... <laughs> uh yeah I, I i do a lot of flying myself i just like you said you know i fly early in the morning fly late at night um put on many many super uh tons of hours but i do lots of maintenance on mine as far as like um keeping those motors tweaked is there anything that you would suggest to people that do fly most roni 5 that would keep their motor running at top condition other than just the regular uh maintenance that, that uh, vitarazzi puts out um, you know what? I think it's just TLC. You got to treat them nice. You got to care for them. You got to talk to them nice. You got to, you know, maybe give them a nice little pet. Uh, but yeah, no, like, honestly, like maintenance is, you know, even we talked on the weekend, maintenance is key, you know, um, it, especially like simple as a carburetor rebuild. A lot of times people, if they're having problems, they're sitting there trying to pull their motor, you know, first thing rebuild your carb that might be your first thought about you know having that thing looked after so let's treat him nice nice um jim can you uh read the next question please yeah i was wondering uh how many students do you have this year uh i have 10 students this year so the kind of the way that that i run it is um i i kind of just a limit like i i kind of have a designated number for a season and then we we start that group in the spring and then they have all summer to do what they want to do so there's no rush they everybody learns at a different pace some guys can finish in a couple of weeks some guys it takes four or five months whatever it doesn't matter and so if we you know have limit the numbers then um it kind of gives everybody the best chance so are you at your limit this year? Yeah, you know, we're fortunate that um, uh, we fill up pretty, like we open up the registration in January and it fills up pretty quick. And then we kind of start a waiting list after that. And, you know, if we have cancellations or whatever, then we can fill spots. But yeah, we, we're, we're lucky we can fill up every year so far. So it works out good. That's great. It looks like Bill H said, I heard they beefed up the starter for the Moser 185. Um, did they? And what do you think about it? Uh, that's, I, I think he is correct. I think they, they juiced up the, the bolt motor mount part or the mount parts of it, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And actually, we had that happen this weekend. One of the guys, I think his is a, a 18, MY18. 
and he came back from his his flight and the whole uh pull start assembly had fallen off uh, like it actually the bolts just twisted off uh and so maybe that's maybe part of the reason why the fix has happened like they just kind of beef those things up so yeah and what was unique about that situation is he doesn't even use it because he had an electric starter on that machine so it mm -hmm. just broke not even being used yeah, I kind of we kind of suspect what happened was his um, his starter cord might have just been maybe loose and it got sucked back into the prop and that may have just twisted the whole thing apart as we think might have happened, but not sure. Wow, so many things can happen on a paramotor. Uh, Will, was there any other questions? Uh, yeah, uh, there's a couple of comments. Okay. And then just said, and it's a good point. A friend made a comment this weekend, which wrong true. There are no part timers in paramotors. That's true. I mean, you're always, uh, at least for me anyways, I'm always thinking about it if I'm not doing it. So <laughs> <laughs> Tony did have a question. He's asking if you have uh, any EFI on your motor, any motors with uh, electronic fuel injection. Nope, we haven't as yet. Um, uh, I, we hope to. I think they're going to be released, I think, in a year or two, I think, but I haven't flown one myself personally, no. They're going to be released as in just standard or what? Well, that was my understanding from Viterazzi, and, and maybe somebody else could correct me, but I think that, you know, they're doing the testing phase right now where they're out doing competitions and that sort of stuff. And then they're thinking it might go to the public or in 2024 on the factory motors is kind of what I, I believe is what's going to happen. So I think that's going to be a game changer, honestly, if that, that comes to production, I think that could solve a lot of problems. That would be really awesome. Anybody out there that's listening to us in the super chat, if you know that Viterazzi is putting out the EFI as just general, I mean, just normal, uh, in 2024, let us know, or let us know what you know, because that would be really awesome. I guess I could wait just a little bit longer and, and get a motor with EFI. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> so what are the, what are the uh, benefits of EFI? Do you know the benefits of the EF EFI? Uh, I'm certainly not a mechanic. I'm, I don't profess to be one, but you know, from what I've heard is that it kind of takes away a lot of those mixture problems and retuning and that we struggle with, with the, the Walboro carbs, you know, so somebody might be able to answer that better than me. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, any other questions? Yeah. Travis uh, says, can I got, he's, he's asking if someone from the U S can fly paramotors in Canada without getting an ultralight license. Yeah. I, that's a question that kind of comes up a lot. Um, and I've kind of heard different workarounds. Like if a guy's already, uh, a licensed pilot in in the U.S., then certainly I think that's a lot easier to just come up here and fly because uh, you. I know that in the United States, you guys aren't required to have licenses, and so that creates a challenge when you if you come up here. Um, and I don't have an answer. I don't think like there's a temporary permit or uh, maybe Jim. Do you know like is there? Uh, there is an international license, and I was thinking about this on the way home today. It would, but I, I don't know if the 
pilots from the US are able to get that international license because as because they don't have a pilot's license. Like Will would be able to get it because he's a GA pilot, but I don't know if the ultralight pilots could get it. And then if they did have that license, then they should be able to fly it up here. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's an unfortunate loophole because I think it kind of limits, you know, we can come down to the, the U.S. And, and enjoy your guys' events, and it would be so cool if you could get you guys up here and see some of the landscape that we have here. There is another way that it could be done if you had an amicable flight instructor. You could, have, you could get set up as a student pilot. And then they yeah, could that, fly. that might be a workaround. It might be a logistic workaround that could be a temporary option, maybe. You know, yeah. for just those one or two flights where you might need some instruction, right? <laughs> I mean, gotcha. Looks like Tony Marzano in the super chat said uh, it should be released in 2023, and that's the rumor. So that would be pretty awesome. I mean, that's just right around. Wow, that's really right around the corner. I think it's yeah. time to get a new motor. Yeah. You know, I got a chance to meet, for, I think it was Fabrizio from Bitterazzi Motors at Bad Apple. Super nice guy, but that would have been an awesome question for him. Mm -hmm. Dang it. Yeah, all these things, thinking. yeah, all these things that we think about now, we don't even think about when we have the right person in front of us. Yeah, yeah, right. So you went, so you, you have the butt fan dust off. That is actually your uh, flying, correct? Yeah, 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 that's right. And you do come to the States to do fly-ins. So over the course of the last seven years, uh, what fly-ins have you gone to? And are you planning on coming down here for any other fly-ins? Yeah, well, actually the only official fly-in that I've been to would be the Salton Sea. We went down there two years ago um, and was able to participate in that one. That was super cool. And I was able to hook up with some of the instructors from Midwest Parajet and did my um, my foot launch tandem certification kind of at the same time while we were down there. So that was a ton of fun, but it was really cool to see that many paramotors in one place. That doesn't happen in Canada. And um, I've flown in um, <clears throat> uh, Arizona a couple of times and um, you know, just kind of network with some of the local pilots and and we kind of had an informal group gathering where we just went and flew and they were gracious enough to give us a tour of the area and share their little airport. And so that was fun. But yeah, I would like to go to more in the future, like these bad apples, the endless foot drag, all these things like are all on the checklist. Um, but, you know, summertime for any paramotor school is the busy time. So we're kind of getting into our start of our season here next weekend and it will be We'll be training all summer long. So if there's any opening of windows where I might be able to scoot away, then that's definitely uh, on the radar for sure. That is awesome. Um, <clears throat> did Jim just post one? Yeah, I was wondering, uh, you've been flying for quite a while. What was the most unique place you've been, the most incredible flight you've had? You know what, in my own, like an hour east of where I live, there's called the Drumheller Valley. And uh, it is, it was, it's kind of one of those places, you know, 
we as paramotor pilots, I'm sure we all have that same thing. We're driving down any road and you see a spot and you're like, oh, that would be a cool place to fly. Oh, that would be a cool place to fly. But every time I would go, went, would go through Drumheller Valley, I always thought that would be a cool place to fly. And so actually I did a video on it. Um, I think mean, it was like, I forget what it was called, but it, it was one of those flights. It was a perfect conditions. You get to go down in these old little valleys and it, the landscape there was just unbelievable. It was like, you're on a different planet. So that's kind of one of the most memorable ones in my neck of the woods anyway. Awesome. Um, like I said, one of the one of the best videos that uh, I, I think are out there is the top ten reasons not to fly a paramotor. If I know it's been a while, but can you recall some of the uh, reasons offhand of why you would yeah. not want to? Well, there's all those reasons, right? Like you meet a ton of new people, right? You got to get up way too early in the morning. You know, you have this equipment that just doesn't work all the time. <laughs> you know, you spend so much money on this equipment and then it kind of evolves where you got to keep buying more and more equipment all the time. Like, don't get into this. It's like a silly hobby. Don't do it, man. Your um, children's college fund. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it, it was obviously it was a play on words, but it's all so true, you know, and, and it, this like these fly ins are an testament to that because, like, you know, you meet like-minded guys and ladies and you, uh, you fly with them and you sit there for hours on end, just making new best friends, telling stories, you know, so that's pretty cool. Don't buy a paramotor. <laughs> yeah, don't buy a paramotor. <laughs> so if you guys have not seen it, um, you can go over to, actually I'll post this uh, in the in the super chat, but it is really good. I mean, of course you're gonna go here and think, oh, you know, the uh, top 10 reasons not to buy a paramotor or, uh, you know, you think, okay, so this guy is not going to want a paramotor, but it is just one of the best videos that's out there that talks about our paramotor sport. So let me go ahead and share that uh, in the super chat. It really was good. Actually, anybody in the super chat, have you already seen this video? If you have, what do you think about it? All right. You know, it's funny. I, I showed up or I was meeting another guy to fly that morning and like, it just, like I didn't script any of it or nothing. I was just going to kill some time and, and until my buddy showed up. And so I just thought, Oh, maybe that might be a good idea. So I just started rattling off my head kind of why you shouldn't buy a paramotor. <laughs> yeah, that's really awesome. So looking at the chat right now, was there any other questions? that I didn't see yet. Uh, now, uh, I've got a, I've got a question about, uh, his, his, your instructing. What, uh, what kind of led you that direction? What made you want to become an instructor? Um, well, I guess it was kind of twofold. Um, one, I love everything about paramotors and I wanted to be able to kind of share that with other people and, allow them to get into it as well and it was kind of a succession plan for me because um i was a couple of years away from retirement and i'm thinking well because i uh, i wanted to retire but i couldn't retire if i didn't have anything to do and so i thought well if i can turn my passion into something that i can do every day and help other people do it then maybe that might be a cool thing to do and so 
Uh, and at the time there wasn't a lot of schools in Canada and there still isn't like, um, I wish there was more because there's Canada is such a big country and well, of course, so is the States, but I mean, like it's vast. Right. And so, uh, if a school is in, uh, Quebec and the guy in British Columbia wants to learn how to fly a paramotor, he's got to travel across the country and not a lot has changed, but I thought, well, if I can at least help to, you know, put on, help somebody do it. And then maybe I would have more people to fly with too, you know? So for the people that are going to go and see you and train with you, what are, what are some of the things, I mean, what's kind of like the step-by-step, the kind of the syllabus of what people go through when they go over to your school? Yeah, cool. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's, um, well, we start off kind of the, the first two days of, of my school. We just get, we do all ground school because we have to have that requirement uh, for the licensing part in Canada. So we spend the first two days just in the classroom talking, going over meteorology and airspace and, you know, kind of logistics. Ours are called the Canadian aviation regs. So the cars instead of the bar, FAR thing that you guys have. Uh, so we just kind of go through all that, go through logistics. And then obviously if the weather allows, we're going to start doing our kiting because the kiting is the, the most important component that we all know what we have to do. So beyond that, uh, then it's kiting, kiting, kiting um, until we get really proficient at that. And then we start doing some groundwork with motors, doing some run-ups, throttle control, do a lot of simulator work. We'll just hang the guys up and, you know, just go through some mental rehearsals because, you know, it's true that as much as it is a physical demanding sport, it's also mentally challenging as well. And you have to be prepared both physically and mentally, I think, to be very successful. Uh, and so, you know, we do a lot of rehearsals, uh, visualization stuff in the simulators. Um, uh, and then I like to do tandems with every student. And then we go up and uh, we just do exercises in the sky. You know, I learn how to control oscillations and do pitch control and throttle control and kind of work through some of those things so that when they go to do the first solo, it's not such a sensory overload they kind of know what to expect and so once that's done everybody's feeling good and whatever then we'll start doing flights from there and so we have to do 30 nothing's pretty similar to what a, a standard is five hours solo 30 flights and some guys can do it relatively quick sometimes guys take a bit longer and the weather is obviously the the biggest limiting factor right so we only fly when it's perfect conditions and you know especially when we're learning because we don't want anybody to kind of get scared or have that thing happen due to weather that might cause them not to want to fly anymore so do your students have a reserve on the student rig or do you not have the reserves no no we don't train with reserves um for a lot of the reasons that are out there because you don't want that accidental deployment you know like these a wings that we're flying now are super safe, super stable, and we're flying in the right conditions. Uh, so there shouldn't be any reason that you need one. We'd certainly introduce them towards the end of the training. So, you know, like the last maybe 10 flights or five or 10 flights, you know, then we'll throw it on so that they can get used to what it feels like, uh, maybe do some rehearsals of deployment in the simulator, that sort of stuff. But the initial training, no reserves now. Gotcha. Jim, you posted another um, question. 
Yeah, Para Ninja asked the question, what's the scariest moment you've ever had? The scariest moment I've ever had? I walked to the LZ and my engine didn't start. That's scary. I couldn't fly. That is scary. That's scary man. <laughs> Was that a dream? <laughs> a nightmare? <laughs> yeah, no, no fun aside. Like, scariest moment. Uh, I'm fortunate, I guess. Like, I haven't had um, a lot of ex- nothing bad has happened to me. You know, I've had engine outs and you know, those things, you know, that helps you gain experience as a pilot, I, I guess, like back in the early days, maybe that was, you know, scary at the time, or you like, oh my God, my engine is out, what am I going to, I'm going to feel like you're going to die, but then you're not going to die, you just got to land, right? So, but I haven't had any experience of collapses or uh, severe equipment failures. I have never tossed my reserve. Um, so you do fly with the reserve? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then that's all the time. And what kind of reserve do you have? And is it a front mount or side mount? Yeah, um, I f- side mount reserve. And right now I have a Dudic Globe reserve, just like the round, uh, round ones. You know, and actually, kind of funny related story that happened over this weekend. So where we train at Innisfail Airport, um, there's also a skydiving uh, operation that goes on there. And I didn't know this because I've never skydived, but when we were kind of debriefing around the fire with some of the skydiver guys, uh, they have in their reserve systems, it's like a, an automatic deployment system. So, which is, you know, their lifesaver, like you know, if they black out or whatever from the, they're doing for their free falls, um, this thing, this device will deploy automatically within a certain altitude. But one of the, the the jumpers his system malfunctioned and his reserve deployed we're also like all of us were sitting there on the weekend and we see this guy he's coming down and his reserve deploys and while he starts spinning around and he he got hurt unfortunately so the ambulance came and took him away he's going to be all right fortunately but um that i guess i don't know why i'm even telling the story but it's a reserve story and kind of uh a layer of why we don't train with them because you don't want them to deploy when, unless you need it, you know, you don't want to, if you think you're in trouble and you throw it when you actually don't need to, then it could be worse off than just flying your wing. I totally agree. Have you ever been to an SIV course? I have not. I, I want to for sure, uh, but I have not done it yet. Are there SIV courses in Canada or do you would have to come to the States to find someone that can do an SIV? Yeah, I only know of one guy and I, we tried to set it up. We wanted to, to bring him to us and we were going to put the SIV on as Max. Um, I want to, am I going to mispronounce his last name? But I think it's Fernal or Max Fernal. He's like a like super experienced free flyer. And he does SIV uh, training in BC, uh, but he's the only guy that I know that does it in Canada. So other than that, we'd have to go down to the States to, to find a, an instructor down there to do it. Okay. Will, any other questions? Uh, yeah, I've got a question and there's one in the chat. But uh, So do you have any interest in acro or, I mean, what, what do you do? What's a typical flight for you? 
Um, I have zero interest in acro. Uh, it's not my wheelhouse. Um, you know, I, I do some fun little wing overs and that, you know, real something real minor, but for me, flying is just going out and flying and, and taking in the sights and getting down low in valleys and, you know, seeing the world that you can't really see from any other perspective than what a power, a paramotor provides, you know? So that's, that's my thing. You know, I know there's a lot of guys that are into the acro and they do it. Uh, and they, and I think, you know, guys that don't do acro doesn't mean that um, you're any less of a pilot, you know, like I know that I've seen comments online where, you know, like, or even like I'm, I'm demoing, I could do a video on a wing. I says, well, he's flying this thing and he didn't even do a, a barrel roll or whatever, you know, and like, well, that's not my thing. Uh, <laughs> but you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, how many people go out there and buy a wing just to go do barrel rolls? You know, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've done SIV courses and I've got, you know, I've done a lot of acro at the SIV course, but when it comes to throwing the paramotor on, it's like, I don't want to do that because you can really stretch out your lines, you know, really shorten the life of your, of your wing and your lines. And uh, in one year of taking SIV courses and doing some acro, I stretched out my line. So in one year, my brand new, beautiful Roadster 3, I had basically destroyed. It never got wet, still crispy, but with all the acro, it just stretched all the lines and that's $800 to replace. Yeah, so. well, and it kind of goes back to the training thing. You know, like I'll, I'll teach people kind of the basics, like the bare bones of flying. But then if you want to learn how to do acro, you should go take that course like the SIV. And that's maybe another reason why I don't do it because I've never been trained how to do it properly. And so I don't want to go out and make a really bad mistake, not knowing what I'm doing. Absolutely agree. Um, it's about quarter of eight. We only have you for 15 more minutes. Was there any questions in the uh, on the panel or in the super chat that we missed? Nick Griffith was asking the coldest you've flown in. What's the coldest temperature you've flown in? Yeah. <laughs> Good we'll question for us Canadians. Down. Yeah. Um, I'm in Canadian. Well, I guess I'm a fair weather flyer and maybe that wouldn't be in the warmer climate terms, but my kind of limit is if it's minus eight on the ground, uh, I won't typically won't fly, but minus eight is kind of, um, I'll go fly. It's still cold. I wear the heated <laughs> vests and the heated gloves and I've got balaclava and ski goggles and, layers on uh so like the michelin man aren't you, <laughs> you yeah all those yeah. layers of clothing on minus eight yeah minus yeah, eight minus 22 fahrenheit hmm i couldn't imagine yeah I, I i get cold under 32 degrees i don't want to do anything <laughs> below 32 fahrenheit burr um, I'm <laughs> burr, burr. <laughs> but you know, Hey, uh, do you, uh, you just do foot launch. Do you do any triking or anything else like that? Yep. I, I do trike as well. Like I have a, a tandem trike that we use for the training. And, uh, so we take the, the pilots up and, and do training and stuff. So yeah, do them both. So what, what do you, okay. I know that you don't, it, it's hard. You can't say, what do you like better? foot flying or or foot launching or trike because they are the same thing but yet totally different under different circumstances so on average you know 
as far as like percentage wise, you do 50%, you know, foot flying, I'm more 75% foot flying, maybe 25%, uh, you know, um, uh, wheels. Uh, how about you? How, how do you fly? Yeah, I would say I'm probably, yeah, like 90, 80, 90% foot launch. And then, uh, maybe 10, 10% trike. I like for the trike, um, it, I, you know, I do it because I think it's a good training tool and, uh, we do it for that, you know, some, but if I'm just going to fly, uh, to go somewhere to fly or fly on my own, it's foot launch. Cause it's, I don't know, it's just kind of more versatile me, I guess, in a way, so to speak. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is. And, um, you know, you got to have a longer runway and, you know, good grass and, uh, yeah. I mean, there's just a little bit more things that you need. And of course, if you have higher winds, I mean, I guess if you know what you're doing, you could probably launch in higher winds, but it's kind of a, a low wind under six mile an hour type of mm -hmm. thing for trikes. Um, yeah. now do you just do trikes as far as with, uh, uh do you do intro flights? as far as yeah, like um yeah. tandem type of thing so you do yeah. mostly tandem flights and you don't do uh you know just regular um trike flights for yourself right it's mostly tandem with people yeah yeah that's right you know but like usually when i'm going out to fly the trike it's for training purposes for myself so that you know when i'm then going to take a passenger up then my skills are proficient that i feel comfortable taking somebody with me so you know, when I, when I fly the trike, most, sometimes it's solo, but most of the times I'll just pack sandbags on the front and, you know, just train with different weights and, you know, so that when somebody oh. comes and, you know, they say, oh, I'm 200 pounds or I'm 130 pounds, then I, I know what that feels like. So. Okay. That's interesting. How long have you been a, a trike exemption or wait a minute, do you have trike exemption there or do you, are you able to do a uh, trike with passengers up in Canada without an exemption? Yeah, no, we can't get a passenger carry rating here uh, in Canada. There's only kind of two um, ways that we can fly with a passenger. One is so like if both people were pilots, like you and I, we, we could go and fly uh, trikes, like do a tandem flight, you know, um, but you have to be an instructor uh, to be able to take a passenger or you have to have two pilots. That's kind of really the, the, the two ways that we can take passengers here. But like, I, okay. uh, I can't take my buddy for, for, you know, if he's not interested to fly, then I just can't take him for just a, a wreck flight type thing. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, Will, was there another, uh, question out there? Um, uh yeah, there was, but I also I posted a question, you know, about because you know, my favorite part of the sport is flying low and slow, you know, and just getting that perception of skimming across the ground. Um, I just was curious as to what everyone in the panel was, not in the panel, in the chat was uh, saying. So, um, anyways, uh, yeah, are you a Kangook dealer? That's what yeah. Bill yeah. LH wants to know. Yeah, Kangook. Right on. Are you able to import anything else other than that? I mean, different wings, different yep. motors? Um, I can also get Parajet motors. Uh, so it's either Kangook or Parajet motors. But right now, I'm just dealing with Dudek as far as wings goes. Okay. 
Yeah. What's their availability, Dudak? I mean, when you order a wing, is how long does it take to get one in now? It's very slow. It's mm. painful. And I think, I don't know if it's across the board with all the other manufacturers, but I just ordered one last week. And I think it's, they, they have their delivery scheduled in the calendar week. So it's week 33. So that's like, I think that's like the end of August sometime or something like that, whatever week 33 is. That's the wait time right now. So it's a few months. Just in time for the new model to come out, right? Wow. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is, you know? Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we only have you for a little bit longer. So um, if there's uh, if there's any more questions for Jason, uh, please put them in the super chat so we can ask him because he's going to be leaving us in about seven minutes. So questions for, for Fly Guy Alberta. Jason, just let us know in the super chat. Of course, tag will fly because he's uh, checking them out. Oh, and of course, Jim. So. Jim and Will are looking for questions. So we only got you for a little bit longer. Um, uh, any plans for uh, coming down here for a future fly-in or uh, just coming down here and hanging out with uh, some people or what, what are your plans other, you know, other than teaching students right now? Yeah, well, like I said, probably I don't have any solid plans right now because my teaching is probably gonna take up most of my time for the, at least the beginning of the summer. So I might be able to scoot away midsummer, but I don't have any solid plans right now. I saw, I really wanted to go. There was an, I uh, forget who was putting it on, but they had this uh, thing where you could sign up to this group and you could go fly Moab. Uh, they were kind of had it where you could go and do like a tour thing. So if anything like that pops up again, I would be totally down. If anybody wants to fly Moab, I want to go to Moab. How far is that from the, uh, the arch or it, that is the arch, right? Yeah. yeah. That's number one on my bucket list. Definitely. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go there too. Yeah. Hey, it's about a halfway, wouldn't it, Sean? Um, you know, if you, if, if we decide to all go to Moab, I would go there too. I would, it's like from here, I think it's about 18 hour drive, but I'd do it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Purdens, have you heard of Dave Purdens flying down in Ohio? Down in nope. Ohio, yeah, down in Ohio. Um, that's an awesome place. That's a good flying to go to, you know, for the states. But I'm down for Moab. Daniel Roos said he flew Moab last month. It's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah, it looks incredible. I, that's a definite bucket list thing that I want to do very soon. So no, knowing what you know about Moab at this point, would you fly under the arch? If the weather was right, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, but I've heard that the weather's got to be right. You know, like, yeah. I think you'd have to you'd have to schedule probably to be there for maybe a week or two. I don't know, but you know, just to find those little windows where you could do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. that gopro is working <laughs> <laughs> might only get one shot yeah exactly well my friend i definitely appreciate you uh hanging out with us and uh chatting about uh, uh all the fun things that you've done up in canada your school 
um, and hanging out with Jim for this uh, fly-in, the butt fan dust-off. You know what? Next year, you might want to say something like, uh, this is when it's going to be, and I don't know. Um, we might we might uh, need to come up there and, and be able to fly with you guys. That would be fun. Do. Come on up. We'd love to have you. Very All right. Cool. Um, Anybody want to do a thumbnail? Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Thank you very much. Let's go ahead no, and uh, do a I gotta thumbnail. I got to put that in my file, you know. Oh, my All God. Right. One, two, three. Oh, no, wait, wait. I was going to my glasses off. Oh, okay, my gosh. Ahead. Let me put my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Okay. I'm going to do one more. <laughs> Dang it. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. Feeling the pressure. One. Two, three, and we got it. Oh, I can breathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh forget. Goodness. I have my glasses on, and then you put yours on, Sean. Well, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> we, it looks cool with glasses. I mean, you, you are cool. very, very intelligent when you have glasses yeah. on. You are yeah. PPG grandpa. I mean, yeah. Looks he's good. Like, he's like the professor from Gilligan's Island. Oh my God. <laughs> at least you didn't say I was the skipper. So I'm well, I was thinking at least at least you didn't say Mr. Howe. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to have his money, but that's about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, you know I love you, Grandpa. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I, I I love you guys. I love Mondays and stuff. I, I think this is great. It was really fun. Yeah. Uh, Jason, thank you very much for hanging out with us. And uh, go ahead and uh, one more plug about your school, how to get up with you and your school and all that stuff. Yeah, no, Paramore Sports Canada. If anybody wants uh, to find some training, look me up. Appreciate you guys. Thanks you very much. Awesome. Thank well, you, thank you very much. We appreciate Thanks. you. Enjoy your evening. All right. Take care. All right, bye. Nice, bye, -bye. Nice, Jason. Nice, Jason. Well, that was really fun. Learned a lot of stuff. I, I love talking yeah. to other instructors and people that's Pretty been flying cool. for seven years. That is so awesome. And I guess I forgot to ask him all the different things that he's flown because I think he's flown more than just paramotors. Yeah, it's over seven years, I'll bet. Yeah. Sure, he's I, got a lot of experience. He's pretty smart, man. Yeah, he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. stuff. The flying well, stuff. You know, since we're here, let me go ahead and say hi to everybody in the chat. Okay. So let's go ahead and go back up. Joshua Marsh, okay. Bill H, PPG, the other Nick, uh, Travis D, Bill H, Nick Griffith, uh, Rick Westel. I'll just wave everybody. Wetzel. Uh, Wetzel. Did I say that right? I hope so. Uh, of course, uh, Jim from PPG uh, will fly. Um, I'm just going to put out there PPG Grandpa because I know that I posted something. I just haven't got to myself yet. Uh, Rick, uh, yeah, Rick again. Um, Will Fly, Tony Marzano, uh, Bill H, uh, Shane Wyman. What's up, Shane? Uh, Aaron I, the PPG guy. I haven't seen you around, bud. Let's see. Scrolling down, lots of chatting in here. My goodness, so much chatting. Uh, Gary Collins. Um, Will Fly, you put uh, his paramotor sportscanada.ca in there thank you very much james just james just james how you doing just james uh paramotor nc good to see you buddy um 
Joshua Marsh again, Warren Gibson, Mark H, PPG Trike Jockey. What's up? Hello. Um, I know, Para Ninja. I don't yeah. have to, you know, it's really difficult when we're when we have a guest on to to watch the chat. So thank you, Will Fly, and thank you, Jim. We definitely appreciate you uh um looking at this and keeping everything. Oh, uh Flying Flamingo Jade was here. Um, what's up, I'm right. Daniel Roosh, he's he said something here too. He said carb and decompression ports are key to an easy start. I'm gonna say I agree with you. 100% Daniel Roosh, I agree with you. Um, the uh, decompression port and the carb um, and cleaning the head. You just pop off that head every, every five to 10 hours. I pop off the head, clean off the head and uh, I clean out that decompression port. It is so, so important. And I've had no problems. With, oh, and change out the um, spark plug every 10 hours. Let's see, I think I'm, Still scrolling down, Nick Griffith again, Bill H. Will fly lots. Oh, there I am, Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. I've, I see myself finally. Hey, I know that guy. Hey, that that's that guy that looks yeah. good in glasses. Um, Shane <laughs> Wyman, <laughs> John Wayne. What's up, John Wayne? Glad that you're here. Um, all, all of our all of our peeps that uh, are normally here, and we also that. have that live stream that we do. And right now, our live stream, audio live stream, um, Haikui and Jillian Wade joined us, and uh, they're just, they just happened to, to find us, so welcome. I'm very glad cool. that you made it here. Welcome, welcome. Yes. Love it. Let's see. Um, was there any names that I missed? Yeah, oh, Angela, Angela, Angela Preslick, there you are. Hi, Angela. I, I love you. Knew you were there someplace. Uh, Walter from Australia. Good day, Walter, mate. Walter, Walter, sugar. I was just about him. I didn't sugar. Walter, you know what? I'm glad that you posted something because I know the tomorrow will come. <laughs> yep. And and I got Padre Brook PPG tuning uh, tuning in late. What I miss? All right, let's go ahead and go back to the very beginning and. <laughs> yeah. uh, for you, Padre. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll hook you up. I'll start you off at the very beginning. Whisper Jet America. Sure. Add in from work. We'll rewatch later. Well, thank you, Whisper Jet thank America. Um, do we? Oh, Eric, PPGLear.com is in the hey. house also. What's up? What's up, and Eric? Padre Brook PPG donated five bucks in the super chat. Thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate oh, cool. it. Thanks. Walter and Angela, Bill H. All right, guys, that's awesome. So, do we want to just uh, say this is it for today, or do we want to do an after show, invite people in, or what do we want to do, guys? I mean, you know, it's 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 a Monday. Some people are can fly. What do you think? Do you want to kill it? I'm all right with yeah. hanging out for 15 minutes. Oh, okay, minutes then. If Will wants to hang out, then you know I'll hang if out. If Will wants to hang out, I, I yeah. tell you. I'll tell you what we'll do then, guys. If we're going to hang out for 15 more minutes, <laughs> if you want to hang with us, let me put the uh, the Zoom information in the Super Chat. And you guys are more than welcome to jump on. Walter, jump on so we can chat with you too, bud. It's been a long time. There it is. I'm pasting it, um, making sure that it's clickable. So we got a clickable link. 
and we got the meeting ID and passcode. So you can either click the link and join us on Zoom, or you can put in the actual meeting ID numbers and passcode, which takes a lot longer than just clicking a link. So because I'm putting this out there for the world, I'm going to um, enable waiting room. So sorry about that, guys. We just want to make sure that you know you guys jump on and we're good we had one time that somebody jumped on and it was not good is not yeah. one of our people and they just kind of hacked us remember that will yeah i do Jim? I remember that that don't want to do that again so next week monday we don't have anybody for the show but i was thinking that we could either do a pre-recorded or maybe we can do a short podcast that's all about FAA 103, FAR 103. Um, I'm writing this down to remind myself. FAR 103 and what was the other thing I was going to do? Um, oh, and uh, airspace. So FAR 103 and airspace. Are you guys up to par on your FAR 103 and airspace? Are there any questions since we got 15 minutes? You want to talk about FAR 103 and uh, airspace? We can, but then you won't have anything to talk about next week. That's if I even do one. I'm thinking about not because it's Monday. It's a it's a it's a holiday. Who's going to be watching PPG Grandpa's Promoter Podcast on Monday? What next yeah. Monday? What holiday? Ask the, ask the chat. Labor Day. Yeah. Our chat is there. It's a holiday here, and I'm watching you. What, well, uh, what holiday is it in in Canada? I don't know. <laughs> it's a day off <laughs> it's a day off yeah who cares it's a day off i think it's called victoria day victoria secret day i love it now we should always have oh, Victoria's secret day gosh. i call right. it i think we call it may 2 4 is what most people call it because it's always around the 24th of may okay that's cool Eight two four. Well, yeah, yeah and, uh, that, that could have, hurt. That's always a good idea to cover, you know, one hundred three and airspace. It's whatever you'd like to do is fine with me. Well, um, guys in the super chat, what do you think? Uh, would you watch next week Monday, or do you guys have something to do, like hang out with your family? or on a vacation or something let me know in the super chat and we'll figure it out so far 103 in airspace one of the cool things that i like about our far 103 is that we can do so much and the rules and regulations are very i don't know very lax compared to canada right i mean in canada you hit you can't uh, fly lower than was it 500 feet be, uh, for any structure? So, I mean, is that how Built that works? Area. What's that? Built up areas. You're not supposed to be under 500 feet. So you can be above 500 feet and fly over a town? Yeah, well, when it's a town, it's supposed to be 1,000 feet. So you can fly over a town in a paramotor in Canada. Yeah. But only because you have a license, right? Just like a just regular GA can fly over a town. Mm -hmm. um, 
Do you know our FAR 103 rules and regulations, Jim? Not really. I know really. some of them. I know yeah. that you guys are required to have a stroke. After right. Dark. Right. Just for 30 minutes before sunrise and after sunset. Uh, how about you? No. So you can, can you fly at night though? You no. have to, you have, so you have to actually land at before sunset. Oh no, we can, we can fly for 20 to 30 minutes after sunset. Without a strobe and in any airspace? Not in any airspace, in flyable airspace. In flyable airspace. Okay. Now in uh, under FAR 103, we can fly with a strobe 30 minutes before sunrise and 30 minutes after sunset in G airspace only. And a lot of people don't know that. They think that, you know, they can go up 30 minutes before sunrise and uh, get up to 10,000 feet and watch the sunrise. Nope. Even with the strobe, you can't. It's always in non-controlled airspace. And G is our only non-controlled airspace. Even though E is flyable and it may not be controlled at that particular place, but after sunset or before sunrise for 30 minutes, we're not allowed to fly that in with the, with the strobe on. So. Yeah, there is something that's interesting about, and there's a, a little bit of misconception about class E airspace, but all class E airspace is controlled airspace 100% of the time. It doesn't mean that you're being controlled, but other airplanes are being controlled or have the ability to be controlled by ATC. So mm -hmm. I, I, that's, that's the reason. And a lot of times, you know, we talk about cloud clearances and stuff. Um, once you understand the reasoning behind it, you know, if class E is controlled, then there's more separation that is needed because mm -hmm. it's busier. So right. um, I'm assuming that uh, it would be the same in Canada. Yeah, in Canada, um, how far away do you have to stay away from clouds or can you fly through clouds? You can't fly through clouds with a paramotor. Okay. And that's IFR. I've got a video that I'm going to share with you guys. My little sister, she's a commercial pilot and she's just rocketing through clouds. Like it's only partially cloudy. But from cloud to cloud to cloud to cloud, she's just flying straight through them all because it's IFR. Right. If you imagine if you were messing around around a cloud, this plane would just go right through you. Yeah. And can you imagine taking down a jumbo jet because you're flying your, your, your bed sheet and butt fan? That would just be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that would be terrible. That'd be horrible. So and I, I, I laugh. I, I don't mean that. I mean, I just, I, oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine that. That'd be just, just horrible. So what are your distances that you have to stay away from clouds? And is it different in different uh, airspaces in Canada? How does that work for you? It is a little different, but it's generally you have to be 500 feet away from the cloud. Like you've, you've got to have two mile visibility out forward and you've got to be at least 500 feet below the cloud unless of course you're in like an airport area aerodrome because then you if the clouds are lower then you need to avoid the clouds but you want to be 
at a certain elevation so that you're not in any circuits or anything like that. So if there's so, one big fluffy cloud out there, how far do we do you need to stay away laterally on the sides, the top and the bottom? So 500 feet from the bottom, that's what we have too. Yeah. How far do you have to stay away from the sides? Do you know that offhand or you got to look that up? I can't remember exactly. I think it's a mile. It's, it's what? I think it's a mile. A mile? Our minimum is 2,000 feet to the side under 10,000 feet and above G airspace. That's pretty close to a mile, right? Well, let's see. No, a mile is 5,000 feet. A mile 5, is 5,200 and something? 80. 2,080? 5,280. Yeah, 5,280 is a mile. So 2,000 feet is a little less than a half a mile, yeah. right? So. Okay. And that's but, minimal. You know, that's, not, that's not completely accurate because you're allowed to, as long as there's a, an opening and there's holes so that you can, you can visually reference the ground, you can go through the opening. Long as you have your, long as you have your two thousand feet. I mean, it can't be this little tiny, you know, uh, twenty foot opening. You can't go up a twenty foot opening because number one, you have to stay away from the clouds. You know, uh, from underneath five hundred feet, right? You have to stay two thousand feet away from a cloud, a cloud vertically. So unless there is a two thousand foot opening, you can't go up a, a little tiny hole. Because if you go up there and it closes up, now you're really screwed. Because number one, yeah. you're illegal because you, you can't see the ground reference. Number two, how are you going to get down? And if you do pass through the clouds, that's illegal also. So, I mean, you're really screwed. So the, the cloud thing, you really need to have like, it's just a big fluffy cloud. It's a big fluffy cloud and not a, it, you know, the, the whole sky is just a cloud. Oh, there's a little opening. Don't do that. Mm -mm. That's mm -hmm. scary. I wouldn't do it, but you know, I'm a grandpa. <laughs> and you're still alive. And I'm still alive. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard a lot of stories about people being caught up there and then trying to get down. Can you imagine trying to get down? And I mean, we don't have the, I mean, the apps and Google maps and stuff like that are not that accurate when we're flying to kind of judge, you know, how to get down. And how about the power lines? You know, how about the trees? Oh, that'd be scary. I would not want to do that. Which is why we got the FAR 103 rules and regulations. And that's one of them is cloud clearance. You know, in G airspace, you need um, a mile of visibility and clear of clouds. Yeah, it's, it's just, it says here, I just looked it up, 500 feet below it and 2,000 feet from it. So it's the same. Okay. Yeah, it, it certainly is scary. I mean, I have never done this, but let's just say I did do it in an airplane. I would imagine it would be extremely scary. As far as what? Um, going uh, I've, been, I've been socked in before as a, uh, a new pilot, a new fixed wing pilot. I've been socked in before and it is spooky. You know, you don't have your instrument rating or so you're you were flying uh, so someone would be flying vfr and get stuck up there how would they be able to um would now they're not in trouble for flying above the clouds uh vfr if the, if it closes up and you know on their route are they as long as they're in vmc which is visual meteorological conditions but but still i mean 
if anything went wrong, you'd be toast. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, you come down through it or whatever. Yeah, no problem. But uh, I'm just saying that it would be scary yeah. because it was scary as a new, a new pilot uh, to have that happen to me. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, there's no reason to stack the deck against against you, you know, no reason to do that. Well, you know, when it comes to the FAR 103, the rules and regulations are there not for us. It's to protect everybody else. You yeah. know, uh, every every rule and regulation is there to protect the people, property on the ground. It's not to protect us at all. Um, obviously, if we stay away from clouds and we don't fly through the clouds, we have a better chance of not damaging or hurting somebody else that's also flying you know, GA or, or commercial. I mean, you know, you gotta be careful about that. And 700 miles an hour, even if they didn't touch us, the, the wake would just shred us. I can't even imagine that. Oh yeah, man. You know what it's like to go through your own wake. I couldn't imagine what it's like to go through a big jet's wake. No, um, there's been numerous times I've been flying and uh, around big fluffy clouds and of course, you know, you have your, your neck on a, on a swivel, like you have to, like you need to. And um, just out of nowhere, an airplane just goes, you know, comes out of a, a cloud and just goes right in front of you. And you're like, well, crap, glad I wasn't that much further this way. Yeah, and those are the pilots that are not looking out their window. No. Looking at their instruments. Yeah. So, I mean, which is what they should be doing, especially if they're in and out of clouds. I mean, you can't look up every two seconds or whatever just to. So, yeah, I say the rules are there. The regulations are there to keep other people safe and keep us safe and to keep our sport, you know, alive and healthy. Yep. And uh, the FAA has uh, also said and made a, a statement saying that if you break the rules and you put them on video and you put them up on YouTube, they're going to get you. That is evidence now. They're saying that your evidence that you post on YouTube is now going against you. So if you don't know your rules and regulations on FAR 103 and your airspace, I suggest you go through your videos and take down things that could be, uh, yeah. So we got somebody that's going to pop in, Brooke. Kennedy. So, all right. Yeah, I have a feeling they're kind of on a mission now. They are yeah. on a mission. They are. They are on a mission. So, enjoy flying and having a good time. Um, be very, very careful when you are flying that anything that you post on the internet, um, you're, you're not breaking any rules. Yeah, or the perception of, of breaking rules. There, there you go. It's the perception. The whole rules and regulations, FAR 103, is is all up to interpretation, which means that it's all whatever you post. Yeah. If it looks their, like their interpretation, right? So, <laughs> so something that you can do to protect yourself, and one of the things that I do is I use the Skyfly High and also have it set to uh, record my uh my flight my tracking and all that stuff and it moves it over to um, another site that i can look and manipulate in 3d 
So if somebody says, hey, you've been, you, you flew over this or you did this or you did that, I can go back to my flight log and actually look at my ground tracking, see where I am, how high I am, airspace, and all that stuff so I can protect myself. Did you know that it's also, I don't know if, they, if it's illegal, but you're not supposed to fly over a four-lane highway that's busy. So if you're flying over four-lane highways, crossing over something, you know, um, you're not supposed to do that because that's considered congested. Yeah. What's up, Brooke? What's up, Brooke? You're on mute, so we can't hear you yet. There you hey, go. What's up? What's up? You got anything for us or are you just hanging out with us for a little bit? Just hanging out. I'm a newbie. I've got oh. two flights. Two flights. Congratulations. How do you like it? I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's I trained cool. with Kylo down in Louisiana. Nice. Kyle's an awesome dude. I love him. He really is. He got, um, he worked with me. He's patient with me. Took me a minute, but I got up on the third trip down there and uh, ended up having to buy a trike, a little light trike, and I love it. Nice. What kind of trike? The retractor trike or what? No, I got the uh, Kangook Basic. Okay. And uh, what motor do you fly? Uh, Mac Fly with a uh, uh, Dudek Universal. Awesome. What size uh, wing? 31. 31. I fly a 28, so a 31 would probably be nice and lifty. How, how, what's your uh, all-up weight? Uh, well, it's gone down 40 pounds since I started training. Congratulations. Congratulations. So I think I'm uh, right at 320. Okay. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I bet you love it. So what So what kind of – so the flights that you took so far, that was just uh, for training flights or is that after training flights? Just training flights. Just training uh, flights. Flew up around 800 feet for half an hour or so and then did a tough, couple touch and goes and uh, had some good landings, so. Well, uh, that's awesome having good landings. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a plus. So do you live close to Kyle or? No, I'm in Northwest Arkansas. Northwest Arkansas. If you know where Bentonville, Arkansas, the home of Walmart, that's where I live about 15 miles from there. Wow. So you pass right by me then when you uh, go down to Kyle. Where are you? Con Conway. Oh, okay. Just north right of the Conway. Just north of Little Rock, yep. My son actually lives in Little Rock right now, so. All right. Well, I tell you what, once you uh, get your training and everything's good and you're flying, come on over and let's fly. Because you're know. not too far away from me. Yeah, I'm all in for that. The weather is trash right now, though. It's been pretty rough. My dog even said, dude, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need to make a t-shirt that says, it's rough. But I got there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that you like it. So you're triking. Yeah. Uh, how do you like your wing? Uh, with two flights, it's kind of hard to tell, but uh, it will carve a little more than I thought it might be in an A wing. Uh, I was I, I was able to make some pretty sharp turns. Uh, my first flight, I. Uh, my wing got a little crooked and I took off crooked and headed right for four of the trees and, and Kyle's in my ear saying left, left, left. <laughs> and I finally cranked it and just turned her, 
parallel the trees and ganged out to do it. was pretty cool. Awesome. So how much more training do you have? Well, I'm done training with Kyle. I just, I need to get some flights. Just, uh, right now I'm looking to get some taxi practice. Just uh, probably will work on that this weekend. Awesome. Well, if the weather's ever good over here, um, make sure you hit me up and, uh, I'll give you my cell phone number. Actually, everybody, every, everybody, here's my cell phone number, 501-747-3558. Hey, it's recorded. You can always rewind. And uh, text me if you want some stickers. Text me, 501-747-3558. Let me know who you are and your address. I will send them out. And once again, I apologize. I haven't had time yet to send out any stickers. So I got a whole list. And I got uh, a whole bunch of um, uh, envelopes and thank you notes and stuff that I'm writing and uh, they'll be out very soon. I know I said that already, but, you know, hey, it's busy over here. Did you get my number? Or you need it again. Uh, tell me. All right. 501-747-3558. Then just text me. Let me know um, who you are and uh, um, let's go triking sometime. Yeah, buddy. Sounds good. Well, it is uh, almost 8.30. Anybody have anything? Uh, is it time to wind down? Uh, yeah, I, I guess it is. There was a, who was it? Uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember. But someone was asking about, oh, Fly Swamper got a reference for that four-lane highway claim. And my answer to that is absolutely Anything that the FAA could possibly consider congested will be considered congested right. if there's a claim against you. And most of those claims are going to come, most of those complaints are, they're going to come from people who call the FISDO or whatever, the airport and complain about you. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, can I say one more thing, Sean? Say whatever you want to. We're, we're here as long as we want to. I was, I was looking at the, just going back through it. Every time I, I go back mm -hmm. to the advisory circular for the uh, part 103, mm -hmm. I, learn, I, I read something that catches my attention. So yes. um, it is number four, section E. You are responsible for the future direction that government takes with respect to ultralight vehicles. The action of the ultralight community will affect the direction the government takes in future regulations. So right then and there, I mean, that's that's pretty, I mean, there's a lot of things that are kind of vague and left kind of, you know, uh, it, it's kind of in a gray area, but yeah. that's not in a gray area right there. So we just have to do whatever it takes to make sure that we still, we stay well within part 103 exactly don't post videos that show you breaking far 103 and airspace rules and regulations i mean that right there is going to get the faa to look at our sport more than they already are yeah and our sport's growing it is growing like a weed unbelievable how fast the sport's going the question is though once you train and once you get your gear and fly how long do you are you is this entertaining for you how long is this fun for you before you're like all right i'm done sell my gear go do something else i mean is this is this something that you know most people think that 
they'll stay in forever. How long have you been flying? You know, and how long do you want to continue to fly? Is this just a weekend thing or a fair weather thing? Or are you up every single morning and you don't care what the weather is like and you're like, I'm going to fly no matter what. Well, I'm going to fly no matter what, as long as the wind is uh, and the weather is good. Yeah, yeah I think I'm going to follow suit. Yeah, I mean, I love it so much that I do the podcast. I mean, you know, this is the third year, the third season of, uh, of the podcast. Uh, every Monday is just fun to meet up with new people. You know, Brooke came on here that I wasn't I wasn't expecting to meet Brooke, but there we go, right down the road from me in Bentonville, right down the I'm, road. I right? tell you, as a new as a new guy, I, I'm just I'm all over the sport. I just I'm eating up with it. And you was talking about it growing in the two months that I went down training on and off for the weekends and stuff. There was probably 18 guys got in there at Kyle School. We just it's growing like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just one school in one area. Right. So that's, that's what's cool about this sport. You know, yeah. look at, okay. So I've been on the show, what, two, going on two years already, hanging with you guys and everything. Yeah. And I've met so many people. I don't fly, but I've met so many people. And I've brought so many people in, you know, introduced people to the show. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of people remember a lot of them came in didn't really know a whole lot of people in the sport and then you get them on the show and they talk about what they do and their love for the sport and everybody learns from each other and pretty soon they're going to other fly-ins and meeting more people and it's just it's amazing and it's so fun it is so fun it is appreciate y'all i do definitely uh brooke are you planning on going into any fly-ins Anytime soon. I've already taken off the week of endless foot drag. <laughs> uh, the whole week. And uh, I'm, my wife and I are going to Maine in October. I'm planning on taking my machine. Good deal. Will, are you planning on going to EFD too? Mm, yes, but not this year. Gotcha. I, I'll try to to make, um, I'll try to make a fly and I'm not sure which one I'll be able to make. I mean, you know, I'll try my best. I would like to try EFD. I don't know. Dave Purdens sounds like a pretty cool flying. Dave Purdens is awesome if it's dry, you know, and that was weird. That that was, uh, a, like I said, a hurricane came through. And um, so I, I think this year is going to be a lot better. Sounds good. Well, it is 830. We've been talking for an hour and a half uh, on, on the air. I really appreciate everyone. Uh, looks like we got somebody else that jumped on here. Michael joined our live uh, audio stream. So thank you very much for listening to us. You can Thanks, always Michael. find us at iFlyParamotors.com. PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast. You can search for that. You can find us every Monday at ClearPropTV.com. And if you just want to listen to us, you can always go over to paratalk.org, and that is our audio podcast um, from Pod, Podbean. Yeah, Podbean um, whole set. Um, but anyway, had a great time. Uh, thank you very much for hanging out with us. We had Jason uh, Gutridge, which is our uh, fly guy, Alberta from Canada. He was flying for seven years, been teaching for four to five years. Uh, he had his very first annual fly-in in Canada, but fan dust off. And uh, 
we learned a lot from him. That was really awesome. Yeah. We also got uh, Brooke that jumped on and let us know that he's a brand new pilot, been flying for uh, two flights on his trike, which is really awesome. So thank you very much, Brooke, for jumping on here and hanging out with us. Thanks for yeah. including me. And, yeah, uh, keep, us, keep us posted on your flying adventures, you know. Yeah, and text me. We love to hear, you know, the stories and how our new pilots are doing everything, so. Yeah, and text me when you want to go fly something that's down over here in uh, Little Rock. You're going to get texts from me, believe me. Good deal. Good deal. <laughs> lots of great places. Lots that's of great what I'm talking about. That's right. Absolutely. Cool. Very and, cool. And Will Fly, uh, he's been uh, flying for how long? And you're a GA pilot. You've been flying um, paramotors? Two and a half years. Huh? Two and a half years, paramotors. Half years. All right. Yeah. And you yeah. make amazing videos. And if you haven't seen Will's videos, make sure you go over to willflyppg.com. That forwards over to his to his uh, YouTube page. And you can just search for Will Fly and you'll find them. Just amazing videos. He puts so much time into the videos. It just makes them fun and entertaining. I'm telling you, in a couple of years, you're going to beat... Uh, Beat that other guy that does a lot of paramotor videos. What's his name? Uh, Tucker. Uh, Tucker, I think I know about. Tucker somebody. <laughs> Tucker somebody. I don't. I don't know. Uh, um, no, I, hey, I do that because I just I love doing it. You know, I love the 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 whole journey thing. And Brooke, it was real nice meeting you. Yeah. Always, always absolutely. Nice pilot. Well, I'll tell you, I had COVID back in August, and I I started walking watching Tucker, of course, and then I found your videos. I've seen all of them. And oh. just recently, I friended you on Facebook, so we're Facebook friends. Right on, man. Cool. Welcome are, to the segment. Are we, are we friends, too? Are we friends, too? <laughs> I don't know, but I'll have, you'll have to look me up. <laughs> we're all if friends. not, we will be. We also got Jim from Canada. From uh, uh, He prints out our, our stickers, our calendars, does so much for us. For not only for ClearPop, but he also does it for anybody else that needs stickers or anything printed. Uh, Jim, tell us a little bit about your company since uh, since now you got the spotlight. Tell us about your company and what you do and how to get up with you. I have a small custom printing firm where I print anything a person wants. If I can't do it, I have friends that can do it. And uh, it's I can ship anywhere. I've shipped as far as Australia before. What? So, to make things happen is what I do. And you can get up with me through carepp.com. They email me and we'll somebody will get back to you and we'll get you set up with whatever you need. That's awesome. You even do custom uh, decals, right? You betcha. <laughs> decals. Decals. Yep. Yeah, decals for us uh, stateside people and decals okay. for Canada A peoples. Um, just like we say aluminum and they say aluminium. Uh-uh. We don't do that. That's like English. Oh. <laughs> well, you know what? You I find myself Australian saying <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Walter from Australia. Walter, where are you? You're supposed to jump on and hang with us, Mr. Koala Bear dude. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> that's right. So thank you, Jim, for all the stuff you do for us. And also, yeah. 
And also Linda, too, from ParamomUSA.com. If you want to get up with her, ParamomUSA.com forwards over to her Facebook page. Just get up with her and say, hey, I want to be on uh, PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, ClearPropTV.com, Paratalk.org, and we will hook you up and hang out with you, pretty much like Brooke did. I mean, this is like an impromptu um, small little interview with uh, Brooke, so that's pretty awesome. There you go. I've enjoyed it, and thanks for including me. Absolutely, buddy. Hey, do you have a YouTube channel, Brooke? I have a TikTok, Padre Brooke PPG. Say it slowly. Padre Brooke PPG. All right. Over on TikTok. Sounds good. Um, tomorrow, don't forget, go to ppglearlear.com. And we also have a, a hang, not me, but Eric does a podcast with Will and uh, Mark. And who else is there, Will? If myself, Mark. And Shane. Oh, Shane. Yeah, Shane. I've not heard. I've not heard from Shane. How's Shane doing? As far as I know, he's doing really good. Yeah. Counting on him being on the show tomorrow night. Yeah. yeah. I wish that I had more time. I would love to be on you guys' show and hang out with you. Uh, Paramotor Hangout Group, ppglear.com. Uh, that's tomorrow at 7 p.m. And then also yeah. Eric's wife, Jade, does a all-girl podcast at paramotorgirl.com on wednesday at 7 p.m so that's another great one to check out yeah yeah and also too there's something goes on on thursdays what was that <sighs> my week is so full i tell you i love it i know right paraglidingtalk.com on thursday night with my son robert michaels he is the host of paraglidingtalk.com and he flies out of san diego and uh, he's been fine since like 2017. And uh, I watch a lot of the videos on Instagram and I tell you what, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh. But yeah, <laughs> I love you know what I mean? Like the mom, you're like, why? Right. <laughs> he's so high up there. But <laughs> um, no, it's all good. And I appreciate everybody that joins, you know, comes and watch the show on Thursday night. So y'all hang out with us on Thursdays. I really love doing this. Um, oh, Paramotor Steve jumped on too. Let me go see if there's anybody else. Paramotor Steve jumped on. Hey, Paramotor Steve. Um, Hot Butter Production. Let's see. Anybody oh. else? Anybody else jumped on um, in I the last you, little bit? I love you, Steven. <clears throat> I think everyone I think loves you. You got them. And I, hey, I heard Linda was going to go on a tandem ride. Anyone else heard that? I heard uh, that through the grapevine. Since guys, we're here, I guess you need to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, if it, if I don't like get scared and not do it, you know, Eric Lear is going to take me up on a tandem. You're in good so, hands with Eric. That's awesome. Is it? Yep. Okay, you guys, I'll be like, kind of like, you know, ask you questions and everything. It's kind of scary, but yet. I don't know. I had, I actually, I did. I had a dream about it last night. That's how it's already starting. The anxiety, like, oh my gosh, can I do this? But, what kind oh. of dream? <laughs> well, it did crash. Good. So, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. William Garland in the chat says, I'm here and we'll be flying really soon. Awesome. Right on, William. And hey. Flying Flamingo Jade is uh, in the house. Said Linda, I will help you. Ah, I'm so I'm just so excited. I'm so psyched about meeting, meeting up with them. 
I'm just, it's going to be a great afternoon. You, you're not going to be able to wear your cowgirl hat, though. Well, I, I can take it. I, I can have, like, Jade. You can put, you could put it on top of the helmet, hat. maybe. Put it on top of the helmet. That would be great. That would be great video. That would be yeah, just kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah, cowboy helmet. <laughs> Hey, and 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 real, look, and real like quick, guys. Jenny Mouse putting in that <laughs> that truck. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I did put my okay. uh, my phone number in there. Just text me for free stickers if you want free stickers. Right, sticker guy. I'll get them from you personally when I see you. Yes, come down here. I got a whole <laughs> bunch of them. I even got some stuff from Paris Swag USA. I got all sorts of stickers. All right. So anyways, guys, thank you again so much. Um, if you can hit that like button, we're at 19 likes right now. Um, and we went from 30 viewers down to 25, 24. So I guess everybody's uh, uh, leaving us. We appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Don't forget tomorrow at ppglear.com and then Wednesday over at paramotorgirl.com and then on Thursday, paraglidingtalk.com. Is there anything else going on? Is there any more podcast or or paramotor podcast that I don't know about? Is is uh, OPN doing anything, or is it just sporadic on on the weekends? I don't know the answer to that question. I I don't I haven't gotten any notification, which I usually do. So probably still recovering from from bad apples. I'm sure. Yeah, he did a, he did a great job. And yeah. Tim, uh, Gaskins, the whole team down there just did a fantastic job. So. Yeah, and I wish that I was there. Oh, my God. I can't believe I was sick for that week. Oh. I'll have one next year, I'm pretty sure. You think? I will think. It, you, will it be, I, I bet it'll be bigger than year? ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hot Butter Production says, man, it's really weird actually knowing the blue wrenches now, John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys uh, um, are always on the chat and stuff and you want a blue wrench, just text me and say, hey, I want to be a, a blue wrench and help you moderate your chat. And I will give you, I'll give you that. Or if you right. donate $1,000, you will get it too, even if I don't like you. But if you well, donate $1,000. You, you kind of should have led with that, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. You guys are awesome. And once again, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight. Um, and it's guys, uh, and gals. guys and gals and uh, appreciate guys you. And, and we'll see you later. Huh? See you guys. See you later. So much y'all have a good one. Good night. Night y'all. Good night. All right. Stop recording. I think that's just the audio. Stop recording the audio. Yep. <laughs>